Well, first of all, Adivir, I want to appreciate you for this initiative of starting this podcast. And uh, it's nice for me to see that you're thinking about mental health and happiness and well-being proactively and not waiting until you have your first bypass surgery to start contemplating your life. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're setting an example. And uh, your question about uh, mindfulness and gratitude Actually, taking a step back before, even before this, I did not think that these things were important. I mean, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to, you know, I was into sports. I was into hanging out with friends. And I was really not that keen on any of these things. My mother happened to be going for a meditation course. And she said, do you want to come three days? I said, what will happen there? She said, you have to live in silence. So I somehow found that very intriguing. And never in my life have I been completely silent for three days. So what is meditation? You learn to bring your attention to the present moment, bring your attention to what's happening now. So over three days, I realized how bad I am at that. It was very, very humbling, actually, that, you know, they gave us a simple meditation object, which is the most common one given is our breath. For the first time, I became aware that, oh, there is a dimension which I've never looked at, the present moment. <laughs> I've always looked at 
what I've liked in the past, you know, nostalgic about, oh, those friends, oh, that time, oh, that school time, oh, those. And then future, what will happen and worried about it or anxious about it or excited about it, but never really explored what it's like to be in the present. So mindfulness, your first question, is this ability, developing this capacity, this ability to be present, to be present with what you're seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, is to be present. And fascinating that gratitude is actually connected to this because then you're grateful, you're actually more in the present, you're more available to the present you're noticing what's happening and that's actually the fun way to be to be present otherwise it's like oh i've got to be present now i've got to work the one more thing to do i've got a to-do list of 300 things and now mindfulness is one more thing that's not the case actually mindfulness is something that merges with everything else it actually enhances your enjoyment of everything so you should take out the spiritual dimension the religious dimension all of that it's actually about enjoying life it's about being present to your life and not being lost in what's missing i think you've put it really really well I mean, I was silent while he was speaking because I was also trying to process whatever you were saying. And I think it's really intriguing the experience you talked about. So why do you think it's important for teenagers, especially amidst the chaos of growing up, to cultivate mindfulness and gratitude into their daily lives? Beautiful. And how can it really make a change in a the question. way they work and the way they treat themselves and others around them? Yeah, great question. And uh, I agree with you that to some extent, it is a little inevitable that there will, there will be this challenge because teenage years are the years where you are coming out from that complete identification with your parents. That there was a point where your parents were just your gods and they're like everything they said was just right and you just do it. And then little as you go along, little by little, you start getting exposed to different points of view because other parents have different points of view, your friends have different points of view, your teachers have a different point of view, media has a different point of view, social media has a whole other point of view. You start questioning, okay, what is the right, who's right over here? And then you want to differentiate. You say, no, I'm not going to do it just because you tell me to do it. I, I want to do it because I agree. I, it's, it comes from inside, right? And so the sense of rebellion is actually, it's actually a part of self-identification. We want to find who we are. We want to find out as opposed to just being told who we are until now. We want to find out who we are. And so that is both an exciting and a confusing time. And often we look to peers who are equally confused. <laughs> and we look to social media with, with all the wrong role models or, or role models that are not always really interested in your, I wouldn't say wrong, but they're not always interested in your true well-being. So to some extent, it is, uh, it is, it is inevitable. Now, how painful that process is. One thing I learned, uh, this is a, a myth in which I think is quite a strong idea that we have to not have an ego. We have to be egoless. I think that's actually false. You cannot be egoless. You have to have a healthy ego. That healthy ego is, is a part of self-actualization. And when we have a healthy ego, we can go beyond the ego. See, the basic journey is from self-image to self-awareness. The reason we're taking all these selfies and clicking where we've been and who we've been with, it's self-image. Look, look who I hang out with. Look at the clothes I wear. Look at the places I go. Look, I've, I've arrived. Look, I know, I know. I'm, I'm together. I'm sorted. This is the self-image. And often we want to project that self-image. We may not feel that on the inside, but we want to project that, right? So mindfulness will help us. Give us This is what it did for me. It gave me a new dimension. Not that it took away all my hangups and everything, but it gave me one more dimension, self-awareness. And self-awareness is sanity. Self-awareness is just being present. You know? And right. even social anxiety, I'm with friends and I'm not feeling that open. I'm not feeling like, oh, I'm the life of the party. I'm not feeling I can dance with everybody. All right. And to accept that this is the current reality. I'm not feeling that open. Who am I feeling open to? I'm feeling open to that guy. Okay, go and talk to that guy. And you start having a good conversation in the corner of the party and your self, your self, social anxiety is reduced because you dealt with what's there and you, you didn't make a problem out of it that, oh, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. So the journey from self-image to self-awareness is the journey of sanity and it'll give us resilience. So, you know, you talked about the journey from self-image to self-awareness. And I think sometimes teenagers are trying to project an image of themselves online or to their peers. 
on a subconscious level they're probably trying to prove something to themselves as well something that they about themselves that they might not be on terms with they're trying to sort of put themselves in an illusion or in a misconception that they are something that they aren't so in this journey of trying to find your authentic self could you talk about some simple exercises that teenagers can probably implement on a daily basis or on a weekly basis to somewhat find their authentic selves and do some self reflection very nice well i think the first thing is just rec- i think it's happening more in this generation but just recognizing the importance of mental health it's not just about how good you look and how good your clothes are and how you know how good your hairstyle is and what brands you're wearing and now that is too much focus on the externalities so the fact that first of all that we're even recognizing that there is such a thing as emotional health mental health well-being that's the first step now the practices around that there are many practices i'll tell you a few of my favorite for me it's been things like reflection so for example journaling i find if i just sit 15 minutes 20 minutes half an hour and i just write down my thoughts and in the beginning you'll write all the things like nothing to write what do i write about nothing is going well i'm bugged about this write 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 and as you go along something gets clear and it's like you've taken off the upper layer of static from your brain and now there's a kind of a layer of calmness and togetherness so writing journaling can be a really good tool i find walking now whether or not you do an intense exercise just walking just taking a walk walking like you know walking more not not depending always on going on your bike or going in your car everywhere just walking walking is so good walking is they found is better than the best antidepressant apart from that uh, quiet time i i do some mindfulness/meditation practices in my quiet time and very broadly the most high level things would be sleep uh exercise move, movement is extremely important for mental and physical emotional health emotional well-being some kind of exercise some kind of movement fuel right. the kind of food uh, youngsters kind of get away with a lot you know they could they have good like, good digestion so they feel they can just eat anything drink anything it'll all be fine but it's going to catch up with you so having better habits when it comes to yeah once in a while we all you know play around but overall just checking what how healthy is your diet are you are you having a good diet so these are some of the things i mean i can't can just go on but these are some high level things that i found to be helpful thank you very much for that i think um, you're uh, very justified in saying that it's about the little things that then you know sort of make a big impact could you also talk to us about you know how that actually then transformed as a skill to play a crucial role in helping you through a challenging time you don't have to be specific but if you could just talk about how you know the application of those learnings um can be implemented by a teenager during a challenging time because you know there, there's a lot of stress one thing i learned from meditation this was a very interesting i'd never thought about it like this before in the pali language there are two words paramattha and sammati so paramattha is something you can directly touch not just physically touch you can directly touch with your mind and i'll explain it and sammuti is something that goes through the filter of some kind of concept some kind of idea so when i say the word tree or if i say if i say mango tree or oak tree that brings up certain images in your mind if i say bamboo tree it brings up certain image in your mind but that's not an actual bamboo tree is not an actual bamboo tree it's just a word it's it's a pressure wave created by my by my mouth right and so that's a concept but usually we mix up concepts with reality so we think bamboo tree is a bamboo tree it's not bamboo tree is not the bamboo tree an actual bamboo tree when you go there when you see it when you listen to the leaves rustling when you sit under it when you feel how flexible or inflexible it is that's a whole other experience so paramattha is to directly touch so what i learned through my, through meditation was when i get angry there is the sammuti and the paramattha what is sammuti he did this she did this he didn't do this she didn't do that they should have they could have my my mother my father why this is the this is concepts i'm lost in ideas but what is paramattha what is the actual reality 
my breath has increased my breathing has increased my face is getting hot my heart is pounding faster i'm clenching somewhere on the inside my mouth is getting bitter or or dry whatever happens this is my actual experience so what this did for me was it gave me a way to stay with the experience of whatever it is anger anxiety sadness fear worry to stay with the actual experience of it instead of getting lost in the concept of it the thoughts of it you see so these practices like for example awareness of your breath awareness of your body posture it's not that i never got angry or upset or sad again i did but the length of time reduced i mean my anger came down to now minutes it would be so, it would be rare i'd be angry for more than 5 or 10 minutes but now it's more like a frown on my face which will then again dissolve in a few minutes and that's I the know. kind of benefit i found and so then this this gave me confidence that these things are actually working they're not just some nice concept they actually work that was very very profound and i think i really got on to the point where you talked about uh, simply experiencing the moments that you're part of and you know teenagers they tend to um, i think look to the future a lot and look to the past a lot but rarely do you find someone who has the mental capacity to actually stay in the present and take every moment as it goes and obviously teenagers are a bit older around my age planning for college for uni your applications you know different examinations you're going to take and in that i feel that my peers and even myself to some extent we actually forget to value the things that are currently around us we forget to value our family our relationships our friendships uh, so what would be your advice on teenagers today to take a minute to look back and involve themselves with the things that actually matter that are with them at the present moment rather than trying to acquire something that may or may not come in the future somehow the answer that's coming to me and it applies both to men young men and women is that and this is something we've lost as a society uh is that every society had some kind of a rite of passage which marked the ending of your boyhood or your girlhood and now entry into manhood or womanhood every society had that india also used to have that but now we've kind of lost that so we actually have people who are still in their 20s 30s even 40s who are actually still boys on the inside they actually haven't become men or they haven't become properly women like like i met a person from africa from a masai yeah the masai tribe he was from the masai tribe so he said that in his tribe you when you're at the right age you're sent out alone into the forest alone and you know human beings we are basically tribal people so to be sent out alone is very scary and you're not supposed to come back until you have killed an animal of a certain size now i'm not for killing animals but this is a, an act of great bravery it takes a lot of courage cuz you can get badly injured in the process you can you can you can get yeah. maimed you can get injured it's not easy taking down a wild animal alone is not we are, we hunt in packs as human beings right so that difficult challenge of going out this is just their tribe he said you got to go out and you got to kill an animal and then come back and that that's a transition from boyhood into manhood similarly women women have their own thing so that's the i don't know if it perfectly answers your question but i think this is something that's needed something that's at the edge of your capacity ability which really challenges you and then you come back transformed in some way and then you're never the same again yeah i completely agree with you and i think the point you made about you know a sort of coming of age story for a teenager we often see that in movies where you you know the protagonist to the teenager is faced with some dilemma yeah. and that really contrasts with what their initial response to that situation would have been and that shows their evolution and growth through the journey nice. and that actually links with my follow up question so if they were to start somewhere to start exploring themselves to start really finding out the essence of who they are then where should they begin and um i don't mean you know which activity or which avenue but where should they start looking within themselves for to sort of understand where they are 
So I think they've already begun. <laughs> I think everyone, I think this, this question, consciously or unconsciously, we are already trying to answer from a very young age, even before you're a teenager. It's not like after I give you my answer, suddenly you'll begin. You have already begun. You're well on your way. You need to understand consciously or unconsciously the books that you read, uh, the people that you hang out with, the, 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 the YouTube channels you subscribe to. I don't know what all you guys, is it Twitch or is it uh, Discord or the various things you, you, you kind of keep up with. It's some way showing you your values. It's some way showing you what's important to you. And, and you are building a certain narrative about who you are, what the world is, what you're here to do. Uh, there is a certain idea about that. Imagine five different versions of you. Let's say one's a very adventurous version. One's a very so-called, in the conventional sense, successful version. Uh, one is a version that's making a big difference in the world, contributing to the world. Uh, one is someone who's just doing what they love to do, you know, doesn't really care what the impact is or what people think about it. Suppose you were to think of four or five versions like this of yourself. And you're going to get some very interesting ideas. Oh, that, that version of me, would adventurous version would do this. You know, the successful version would do this. And start exploring those things. And one thing you have when you're young is a little bit of is time and the ability to yeah. take Take, 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 try different experiences. And uh, I think it all comes together. So that's what I would recommend. I would say try different things and uh, and learn from all of them. It's okay. I think I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I Actually, you know what you talked about really resonated with this quote. So I was emceeing for a school event recently. And the theme for that event was Hope, school legacy event. And it was called Eight Pets On, which is finding your identity. And it is different competitions. One for this year was Hope. And while writing the script for that, I came through this very interesting quote, which I feel now that life isn't about finding yourself. Like it's often understood by people, but life is about creating yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's about having those experiences, having those moments of learning that then build you up to a point where, you know, you keep getting more knowledgeable, but there's never a limit. It's, yeah. it's a progressive journey. I think with that, now it's time to move on to another segment of this podcast. And it's time to test your reflexes with a rapid fire round. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, simple rules. I'll shoot some questions at you and you have to answer them as quickly as possible. All right. And um, I don't think I need to tell you, but no overthinking. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. So if you could go hop into a time machine, what's the one piece of advice you'd rush to give your teenage self? I would tell my teenage self to embrace all my emotional states and not make them into good and bad and realize that all all emotions have some intelligence in them yeah wonderful and you talked about a stock interest in reading so one book that left a lasting impression during your teenage years i read this book uh seven habits of highly effective people but then i also read the book by his son stephen covey's son sean covey wrote a book called seven habits of highly effective teens and that's a really fun book. And it's got a lot of nice cartoons and examples that teens can relate to. And he wrote another book, I think, Six Most Important Decisions of Your Life. So I think those are great books for teenagers to read. I, I love them. Uh, actually, you know, I found them lying in myself while I was while I was working last year on the app. I actually went through that and I, I yeah. sort of took some inspiration from that. It's, as well. got, it's got good stories on it. Yeah. It, it does indeed, yeah. Um, share one mini goal that you're currently working on to accentuate your positivity. I'm actually not keen on accentuating my positivity i want to accentuate awareness throughout the day and the mini goal that i have is continuous awareness in all activities whether i'm driving whether i'm bathing whether i'm eating i make a, i make it a point to be more in touch with what's happening with my body and mind how wonderful yeah <laughs> okay. uh, one song that lifts your spirits you know whenever you're feeling down there's that what's that song um oh what a beautiful morning oh what a beautiful day I've got a wonderful feeling. Everything's going my way. Something like that. 
<laughs> I think that that straight away gives a very uplifting life. <laughs> and one hobby or passion that you have, which may not be something that you do everywhere, every day, but it always puts a smile on your face whenever you indulge in it or see others indulging in it. A hobby that I have would be, of course, games I've already mentioned. I also have this funny hobby of, uh, I have an inversion, I don't know if you know this, I have an inversion machine. So I like to go upside down. <laughs> Oh, oh. So uh, it's an inversion machine, inversion table also it's called. And so like I had a long drive, some of you like, you know, like before I came for the podcast, I just drove from Bombay and there was a lot of traffic. And so my my back was hurting a bit. So I just came back and I got onto my inversion machine. And that's so nice. It just stretches my back out. I don't know if it qualifies as a hobby, but I somehow like being upside down. And that's even, even, even without that, I, I like to do a headstand. And that's a strange thing, but I, I I enjoy being upside down. All the blood rushing to your head. All the blood rushing to there. Probably sparking so many, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And um, a quote or a mantra to teenagers today that you sort of carry in your pocket. Something that I carry always is everything is perfect. And everything can be joyfully improved. And lastly, one uh, movie or probably a show that you watched as a teenager that you think everyone should watch i mean the biggest one that made an impact on me was the matrix because the matrix, uh, the matrix it came out when i was just uh, i think just finishing teenagers and i was so blown away by that movie i said these guys really did it they managed to make an entertaining movie that captures a lot of spiritual principles that captures you know advaita vedanta it captures some aspects of buddhism uh, it captures some aspects of you know uh, other other perspectives i mean a lot of scientific perspectives as well uh, the world is a simulation i found that movie to be so fascinating and i was very confused why none of my friends many of my friends didn't understand that movie didn't make sense what are they talking about so maybe it was a little bit of background in meditation and some of these ideas that i really could relate to that movie and like wow you know we 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 need to wake up we need to wake up from this dream we just we just we just been so conditioned into what we should do and how we should live and how we should work we need to wake up from the dream and of course in in that movie it's all about you know neo is fighting these 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 agents but the agents in a way are our own limiting beliefs our own limiting thoughts and neo is for, an anagram for one so it's one it's actually oneness so i love that movie and i have watched it many times and i've uh, one, of, one of my favorites at that time oh that actually blew me away. i mean i've seen the movie myself and i was so into the shooting and the dodging it's a completely different way to look at it i think i'm you know now that i think of it it makes so much sense in that sort of a context and it just shows you how you can look at you know a movie and i think that you know whatever you've said throughout this podcast it's it's been so deep and you know on the face value it may seem like you've given answers to everything but if you really if i really introspect on what you've said then there are probably things that I'll still understand when I hear this recording for the fifth or sixth time. Last segment for this podcast. I mean, I know you've shared so much. In this, we will ask you to share a profound piece of advice or teaching that you've encountered, but you've encountered very recently. So, I mean, you've been on this journey for a very, very long time, but of course, the journey never ends. So something that has taken a very long time for even you to figure out. So amidst, you know, all the all the distractions and all this all this chaos that you face in a teenage life this timeless piece of wisdom or timeless principle that you like to share that really would anchor a teenager uh i'm going to share it i don't know how well i'll be able to explain it but i'm going to do my best um one big thing i've learned is cuz a lot of my journey was this journey towards whatever you want to call it self realization enlightenment wisdom and i assumed it's all about get more aware get more conscious 
you know, clean up your thoughts, words and actions, uh, be more present. For a long time, that was my assumption. And I would call it like a vertical process that you're just trying to rise up. You're trying to raise your own consciousness. And it's more recently, I would say in the last two, three, four years that I've begun realizing that it's not just this vertical process. It's also the horizontal process. And by horizontal process, I mean relationships. I mean the people around us. I mean connection. And uh, becoming a monk at some level, not entirely, but at some level, it is saying that, no, it's not in family life. It's not with friends. It's not with your colleagues. It's by going away in a forest and doing your work. That's how you get the highest uh, wisdom. But I've since come to realize that Actually, relationships are a fantastic ground for, for our, they keep you very honest. I mean, you can, it's very easy to imagine in a forest or in a monastery that you have attain, attained very high states. See, there are states and there are stations. We, attaining a state is not that difficult. We can all have in the zone states. You can go for a retreat. You can go to the Himalayas. You'll have all kinds of nice states. But it's not right. the states, it's the stations. Can you really stay there? So to summarize, I would say in relationships, so with our parents, with our friends, with our loved ones, in our intimate relationships, then that is the place where a real mirror is held up to you. Don't just say, oh, they're like this, or they're, they're, they're stuck up, or they don't understand me. No, no, there is something. If again and again, people are saying something about you, they're saying you don't listen, or you're not present, or you're arrogant, or you're, you know, you're insensitive, or you're not caring, or you're selfish, then there is some grain of truth to it. If again and again, people are saying this, then we have to pay attention. It's like a blind spot. So it's not about, not just about, it's about, how do you say it? Grow up, wake up and clean up. <laughs> I think Ken Wilber talks about this. So we have to clean up our act uh, at the level of habits. Uh, we have to grow up, like I said, from boyhood to manhood, from girlhood to womanhood. We have to grow, we have to mature, emotionally mature. Our ego has to mature as well. We have to have a mature, healthy ego where you can handle people telling you things you may not like to hear about yourself. Instead of just saying, oh, they're, they're wrong, right? And reacting to that. And then wake up. Wake up is waking up from the illusion of who you imagine you are. This is fascinating. This is very disorienting at some level. You, you imagine you're this body and mind. And when that starts happening, it's like, oh, really? There is a body. There is a mind. And it's part of the experience. It's not who I am. Because it keeps changing. It keeps changing. You already teenagers, you've seen a lot of changes happen at a physical level, mental level, emotional level, and they will continue to happen throughout your life. So I would say this sense of relationship as a ground for awakening and for emotional maturity. And of course, there are many practices and tools and things one can go into. That's another aspect. But just broadly, that idea, horizontal evolution, horizontal enlightenment, apart from the vertical enlightenment, that's been a big thing that I've been exposed to or I have learned to see in the last few years. Yeah, I think I really, really agree with you when you say that it's about taking responsibility for not only, you know, once you reach a level, be it any sport, you, you got to maintain yourself there, right? Mm -hmm. And you got to be able to evolve rather than just saying, okay, now I've done this, now I've stopped. Now I'll just be complacent and I'll relax for the rest of the two years. So I think wonderful. I want to thank you so much for the enlightening conversation that we've had. And, um, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and your advice. It um, never fails to amaze me how you managed to put across these concepts that, you know, you, you spent your entire life learning and you're able to put them across so well that even, a, even someone of my age can have some sense of, uh, can you know, some sense of association with what you're saying. And I'm certain that everyone who's hearing this podcast will be taking a lot away from what you said and thank you very much wonderful. wonderful and i want to say i really enjoyed our conversation and i wish you all the best for the future episodes of your podcast and may you keep bringing up very pertinent real world challenges and and hopes and aspirations 
of the young younger generation and uh, get perspectives both from experts as well as from other youngsters i think we need yeah. we need young voices as well definitely i really yeah. enjoyed our time together thank you adivir thank you so much